0: Welcome to Coinstruct, the podcast where we look at the world of finance and cryptocurrency from a more human perspective. Today I am joined by Crypto Frog, a YouTube and Twitter personality who one might say is an influencer, but he himself resents that title. He has been pushing out great content for months now and is by far the most entertaining crypto YouTuber that I have watched. Frog is very deep into the NFT scene and has recently been pushing out some top quality calls for his followers. All are unsponsored. I have posted the link to his channels in the description below. So please head there, follow, subscribe and support the crypto media landscape. Also an important side note, none of the conversations between me and Frog in this podcast should be considered as financial advice. So please sit back Listen and enjoy our conversation. Really good. Oh, sound okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, welcome to the show. And thank you very much for coming on. Um, today is Friday. So I wonder if it's been a particularly busy week for you for a crypto frog, a alpha leaking Twitter influencing <laughs> crypto frog. <laughs>
1: Well, it's always a busy week. Like, uh, barely a day goes by when I'm not hustling one way or the other. A lot of people might be surprised to know that I don't just do cryptocurrency. I have my own business. I have two junior frogs, so I'm a family man. Nice. So I'm juggling. I'm juggling a lot of balls. But uh, yeah, considering the amount of uh, shit posts I put on Twitter. And uh, the YouTube videos I make that can go on for like an hour and a half. Uh, you might be under the impression that I don't have that much to do, but I am
0: quite a busy, uh, youngish man. Well, I'm certainly impressed. I, I, uh, I do what sometimes I go through your Twitter and I, I see lots of coins that I have heard about before, but I haven't really looked into. Um, and you seem to have quite an in depth knowledge on all of these kind of fringe sort of coins or projects um especially nfts and it's something that I, I quite enjoy following you on twitter and also the 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 videos you produce are also pretty hilarious and the alpha is in oh, a, thank a, a, you. A really um, well the thing i wanted to do
1: because uh, i never watched cryptocurrency related youtube channels uh but just on the off chance one day i started watching a couple and I was like, oh my God, like these are either a blatant, like shill paid promotions or B, so dry. It's like watching paint dry. So I thought, well, there might be a opportunity for someone like me to slide in there and just be like a regular person, but also do- not taking myself too seriously and also not taking any paid promotions or anything like that. Just speak honestly about what I think about different projects, because I think that is the most important thing. I, I don't really like the term influencer. Um, I'm just some bloke on the internet who tweets quite a bit and uh, makes YouTube videos uh, for a hobby. But the thing is, I just saw a kind of gap in the market. And I thought, well, why don't I try and exploit that? and To be quite frank with you, uh, the first couple of months were a bit of a grind. But once I got like uh, over like 5,000 subscribers, I'm closing in on 7,000 subscribers now, which is awesome. And I've only been doing it for 11 months. And uh, I was actually, yeah, I actually read that the average time it takes a person to reach 1,000 subscribers is 22 months. So I could very well have over 7,000 subscribers within uh, one year and hopefully I can build on that. To be honest with you, I would like to uh, build that more and more. I have said before on Twitter that building a a Twitter following uh, when you are into cryptocurrency is not that difficult. No. Uh, But getting people to subscribe to your YouTube channel is because you have to show them something of value. Where it's very easy for someone just to click follow.
0: You know how it is uh, on, well, on Twitter. If, the thing that yeah, people are looking for on Twitter is they're looking for alpha or maybe some high quality memes or something similar. So you can do that on a regular basis in a quite a quick manner and they click tweet, uh, they click follow. But if you have a yeah. YouTube, you're, they're going there to watch a video and listen to a long form piece of content. So it's a very different yeah, audience. Well,
1: absolutely and the thing is you know i'm the same i'm very uh picky and choosy about who i choose to subscribe to on youtube because you don't want your uh feed cluttered up with uh, a Crap. bunch of videos <laughs> you watch one time right you you just want to uh, have the videos you really want to see uh on your on your phone or on your computer when you log into youtube plus a lot of people in the cryptocurrency community i I've spoken to, don't even log into YouTube there, because, you know, lots of people, I mean, I like to keep uh, anonymous. (laughs) I don't want uh, people knowing exactly who I am or what I do, but uh, a lot of them are like that kind of paranoid, or even that they'll just use alt-tech sites, you know, like uh, BitChute or or the other ones. I mean, the way YouTube is going right now as well. I mean, the way you have to watch your P's and Q's, even though I don't really do that and I do get demonetized as a result of that quite a lot already,
0: but wow. even yeah, a I mean, fairly low subscriber count, I thought that was only something reserved for the, you know, the higher echelons of a couple, a you know, couple hundred thousand subscribers. No, no, no,
1: no, no. Well, I mean, and, I have complained about this in some of my recent videos. I I was going to go back to making pre recorded videos uh, and I did for a while, but then I got an email from uh, AdSense, which is part of Google/slash YouTube, saying that um, they're going to tax me like a quarter of my already meager earnings from YouTube. So until that issue is resolved and I have a clear answer on how much they're going to tax me, which is Absolutely ridiculous, considering that IRS in the United States are considering taxing a non-American who doesn't live in America for Americans watching their channel. It just blows
0: my mind. Yeah, the whole the whole taxation but, but, kind of issue but, surrounding this whole thing is 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 very uh, shady, in my opinion. For example, especially cryptocurrency taxation, because yeah. I I live in the well, my, I'm from the UK, right? And I opened my my first account and i have my bank account in the uk but since i've been trading cryptocurrency i've lived outside of the uk but if i do want to withdraw right. my funds i'm going to have to send them back to the uk and pay you know upwards of 25 percent tax on earnings that has nothing to do with the country i didn't even use the, inf- the the internet that that is provided in the uk so this whole kind of so which. Mm- which uh, which exchange did you set up within the
1: UK? My initial, Coinbase? No, my initial one was Binance. I set that up back in 2017. So the country you're in now, then, you don't have an exchange where you can cash out in fiat? I am in China, so
0: absolutely not.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I'm fortunate. I, I live in a, in a place where cryptocurrency is tax-free and uh the minute um any taxes come in i'm uh skipping town and going to portugal i believe portugal is still tax-free uh
0: there are a couple of other places i know malta is and malta was something i was looking at if the bull run goes to any kind of expectation then i may look at something like malta or portugal as a potential destination
1: well uh the thing with malta though i've been there
0: before and it's intensely dull it, it is but i do have some friends there <laughs> i like the city I, I like their language as well it's like a mix what, of Valetta. Valetta. Valetta, yes. Valletta, Valletta, Valletta. yes yes it's fun there um but they um, all speak english anyway right they do that's one yeah thing which is useful if if that's your thing i'm not going there for the for the english that i'm going i would go there for the Taxation and the sunshine and also my friends that I went to university with. Right. Well, it seems
1: like the all, all the governments are banding together these days. And uh, if they aren't um, explicitly tax free, and that's the policy of the government, it's been laid out very clearly. I think it's just the way every single country is going right now. And I hear it is getting particularly bad in, in the United States, hence why, you know, Binance had to make, um, I don't know whether they've made the US
0: version of Binance yet or not. They have, like, yes, uh, but they, they've done it to completely different, like there's no leveraging uh, certain other things that you can't do. Uh, and it's, it's right. actually basically a separate company. I've read recently a, a, a fairly damning report about how CZ and the internal US Binance team have been organizing for the past four or five years how to basically circumnavigate every single uh, law that is applied to cryptocurrency that affects Binance. And they've essentially created a secondary company that hops around all of the, all of the legislation. Um, and I don't know how BSC is going to fit into that. And I don't know if that's in any way to the
1: benefit to the benefit of their American customers.
0: Yes, of course, <laughs> to the benefit. Right. Well, of... I mean, that's, well, that's good then, isn't it? No, it's not for the benefit I of the mean... American customers. It's, it's in order to it's in order to keep them to allow them to operate in the U.S. But apparently, right. but apparently, something along the lines of uh, they have been doing it in order to reduce the amount of tax that they pay and to pay as little into the U.S. economy. I am mean, not sure that's... The direct reason but that's an effect of it by all their operations are paying as little as they can into the u.s economy but still operating right. in there and you know taking funds from american users
1: well yeah i mean that's just uh any big companies like that isn't it i mean you got apple and all those guys in republic of ireland
0: dodging taxes and everything so yes it is true um yeah. speaking of big companies uh i'd like to kind of get your opinion on the the recent, the recent kind of uh, increase in institutions becoming investors in cryptocurrency. Uh, My big point is this. Why do you think they're all buying Bitcoin and not other, not other cryptocurrencies? Why do I think they're only buying Bitcoin? Yeah. Well, from, you know, from the published earnings, for example tesla is buying bitcoin why why would these institutions be buying bitcoin when realistically the actual use case of bitcoin is not applicable to any business like i know a few coins well, it's that, a, you know, well, it's a, right well
1: i mean it's a store of value if uh i know it isn't the most user-friendly cryptocurrency in the world but it is by far and away the biggest and you know, with this runaway inflation, we're likely to see with all these stimulus packages related to the virus that's been doing the rounds for the past fourteen months or so. I think that those companies are buying Bitcoin, but I think eventually, I mean, you got your institutional investors like Grayscale and all those—they're buying Ethereum. I'm sure on on. I mean, eventually, I think it will filter down to Ethereum. I don't know whether it will go much further down than that, uh, because I think clearly these companies like Twitter, Tesla, uh, I mean, Elon Musk, if he was advising his people at Tesla, he wouldn't say, uh, you know, buy a load of Dogecoin, because he knows that's a meme joke currency. And I thought... When he was uh, shilling that heavily, I thought that was so irresponsible. So irresponsible, really awful, it.
0: really awful.
1: Yeah, absolutely dreadful. And uh, I think quite a lot of newbie investors will have, get, will have gotten significantly
0: stung. Really, uh, they de- they deify him. They really do. And I, you know, he's a smart man. With he's a big, big business magnate, or Magnet, as he likes to say.
1: Well, he's always been a bit of a troll. I was watching some of his videos from when he was a younger man and him picking up his McLaren or something when he had his first wife. He always has had that kind of uh, sense of humor. But I think the joke became old now. And even when he tweets about Dogecoin now, the, it doesn't even move the markets like, like it was doing initially. Because people that initial
0: hub was, was ridiculous, you know. There was one, yeah
1: one thousand percent and I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not ashamed to say that I rode that wave. Yeah, because <laughs> I could see I could see what I could see what was happening. All of a sudden um he was quite clever about how he started doing it. He was just leaving like these little um cookies, you know, or little um crumbs. Uh, without stating it explicitly. And then I I started buying some at that point. And then I noticed that Dogecoin was trending on US Twitter. And I thought, OK, something's going on here. And then all of a sudden, he started blasting out all these tweets, all these uh, B-list celebrities started piling in. And yeah, I rode that wave. And unlike the newbies who probably just because all that Doge to $1, that memory came around. I mean, who, who, who on God's green earth who has any idea about cryptocurrency ever thought Dogecoin was going to go to $1? But having said that, I, I'm absolutely positive uh, 95% of newbies thought that there was a possibility that Dogecoin could actually go to $1 and have probably still got a bunch that they bought for 15 cents or 20 cents however high it went up
0: to yeah it's true I, I think in coupling with the the robin hood incident well the gamestop you know escapade that whole thing was around the same time and they were seeing online all these people who have worked together as a society to beat the financial institutions and make loads of money that was the narrative right and then he released yeah. these, these dogecoin kind of you know like advertisements and people thought that that was the next stage you know they thought oh this is the next hype let's go get on it and all these all these exchanges started advertising on their front pages and on their twitters are oh, we now have well, binance Doge... were... yeah finance Do- uh, binance were in on that too did you notice all the dogecoin promotions they were running yeah all of the they all were of... and all of the top exchanges were doing it and these were make these are the top exchanges that appealed directly to the retail the new retail investors so yeah, these, and you know,
1: as 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 I mentioned in one of my videos, not only is that highly irresponsible, and I think I mean, given the power and wealth Elon Musk has, I mean, I can't see anything coming of it. But I think there should at least be an investigation into that. And also, it has another bad negative effect on cryptocurrency because you're going to have all these people who jumped in. Uh, for the first time, are thinking, oh, this is cool. My money went up 50% in one day. I'm going to hold it because it's going to reach $1. Now they are uh, financially obliterated, or whatever you'd say on 4chan biz, and they are no longer interested in cryptocurrency. They think it's all one giant scam. They are going to tell all their circle of friends, don't bother with cryptocurrency. And Elon Musk is literally pushing the biggest joke in cryptocurrency when there are so many projects out there in cryptocurrency in decentralized finance that are really pushing uh the boundaries of what uh can be done in the space but then he chooses to
0: uh hit home with dogecoin uh it just it just really wound me up it's really awful he he does it he he signifies you know he signals to the masses to buy dogecoin and then he quietly buys bitcoin um yeah it's it, it is you know he's a smart man he knows a lot about the economy and how things work and pe- how people work so it i don't think what well, he did I was know. was i mean relatively smart right but i don't think he knows i think he knows what he did would have the effect it did have uh, and that thing he says he makes that comment uh the most ridiculous thing is always what happens I think he, I don't know yeah. if it's like, it seems like some kind of egomaniacal thing where he thinks that if he says no, it, he'll come to I think, like, I think into he being. kind
1: of has, I think he still has this kind of mind frame of like, uh, you know, like the kind of dorky kid at university, but also the kind of, or college or whatever, who was super smart and uh, knew all these, uh, quotes and all that philosophy probably has majored in philosophy or something and could rattle off a bunch of uh quotes to try and impress a chick at a party you know at university he still kind of seems like he has
0: that mindset do you know what i mean i even, do know what you mean even, yeah. like you watch yeah, him on I stage mean, sometimes on interviews and he's and, he's and, waiting for an opportunity to like quip to be the to be the smart one You know. yeah,
1: yeah. and plus you, the thing is as well that I think that it is. It's just part of his is part of his thing. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm I'm glad that uh, people aren't just jumping in mindlessly into Dogecoin uh, anymore. I think people have finally wised up to that. But it's a shame because it, it would have soured a lot of people to cryptocurrency who otherwise would have you know, if he was tweeting about how cool Ethereum was or something right, like that. Right. He could then, easily
0: have done such a thing to do, you know, yeah, to choose a, a he, legit project.
1: No, yeah, there's no way there's no way in a million years he doesn't know a lot about Ethereum and uh other decent cryptocurrencies. The thing that probably not like outside the top one hundred market caps or anything, but he probably knows uh a great deal about ethereum and how you know it's essential now it's a, an essential part of the ego of system, what is yeah. uh, with with the DeFi and with the
0: nfts and everything like that um the worst part about where really, is- the the retail investors getting stung is the ones i think what will happen is the ones who have been stung now who like you said will go back and say you know to their friends don't invest in this scam it's all crap they will yeah because they have access now to the channels, to the exchanges, and to the, you know, to the ecosystem of Twitter and whatnot, when and if, you know, if and when the ball run really does continue to take off, they're going to sit on their hands and say, no, no, no. And then eventually they'll say, oh, no, I, I have to get in. And that will probably be <laughs> somewhere near the top. And then these poor bastards will be in a double cycle of being stung. And these, that, that right. concerns me as a genuine possibility. Well, I mean, it's the crypto way, yes, as I like to
1: say. <laughs> Take no prisoners. I mean, I've been, I well, I've I've been I've been uh, rug pulled. I've had exchanges exit scam on me with uh, multiple Bitcoin before. Oh no! So, in a lot of the way, I think cryptocurrency is kind of like the school of hard knocks. You you learn as you go, and the uh, people who aren't. I don't want to be like one of these people like in it for the tech and all that kind of jazz but it, and and unless you are kind of interested in that side of things and if you if you get burnt a couple of times then you're just like oh well there's always I always say in my videos like cryptocurrency the way it is right now especially now it's it's crazy like you you miss a day or something you miss a couple of days you come back to Twitter you come back to uh, wherever you wherever you've been and uh, everyone's talking about stuff you've never even heard of before. It's true. So so many new things all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like it's like buses. So that's why I never get uh, too head up about people uh, posting. Ah, oh, I, I hit a twenty x or blah blah blah. I mean, these kind of twenty x's, a lot of them will fall by the wayside anyway a lot of the time they didn't actually ride it all the way up to 20 X, but they just want the clout for saying that it eventually went up to 20 X when they probably got out at like two X or two. Or, yeah. Right. But I, and I also say in my videos that, um, cause I know, I notice a lot of people, they're kind of, they feel like down on their luck. People DM me sometimes on Twitter and, uh, they're like oh why why do i keep like missing everything everyone seems to be like making tons of money i'm like no it's like uh what you're seeing on crypto twitter is like instagram it's the you know, same it's like thing dan, i
0: say the same thing to all of my yeah, friends it's, like you only it's like, see the winners you don't see the losers
1: absolutely it's like uh dan belizaran's instagram oh right? dan belizaran like, <laughs> yes Or whatever his name is i i don't even use instagram But, you know, when he surrounds himself with all the hot chicks in the yacht and all that. But, you know, know, probably 90% of his time is uh, spent alone,
0: like crying. Probably quite an unhappy man. You know, he hasn't got, where's my family? Where's my, you know, my happiness? Yeah, Yeah, because
1: happiness and also it doesn't show him handing over like $10,000 in cash to each of those chicks that he uh, has in his little photographs and all that. It's true. Uh, so 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 it's basically. I just think crypto Twitter is a version of, of that.
0: I think the same, and I think that someone like yourself is is doing uh, a bit of a service by, you know, for example, I saw you you mentioned uh, that you dropped your alks your alchemix bags the other day. Um, yeah, I was pissed off. Yeah,
1: I felt like I knew it was very inflationary. So I was under no illusions about that, but it just seemed like I was swimming in an ocean of whales. And the whales um, had no regard for uh, the project, because I think the project itself is really good. And them just relentlessly dumping. It makes a legitimately good project, in my in my mind, look nothing more than just uh, your run of the mill pump and dump coin. And I just reach. A breaking point and i made a, a video about it i i i do like what they're trying to do and i saw on twitter that they are trying to uh, shift around how the uh rewards are paid out now which is good that they took the community they listened to what the community had to say because a lot of people were getting like super pissed off but if you're if you're a whale i couldn't understand what they're trying to do I mean, if you're, what you're trying to do is scare people into panic selling, fair enough. But really what you're doing is you're kind of damaging the reputation of your the project you're, you're deeply in. I do think, uh, though, that these
0: these people are... So you create Alchemix, for example. You create a, a massively high APY pool. And these whales who... Well, it, well, made, it isn't massively it is massively high in terms of the fact to- that you can put lots i mean no, yes there is obviously much higher but it was very high and you could gain a lot of liquidity you could deposit a lot of liquidity and still gain a high apy and that continued for a long time and i understand that like you know it's part of the project's ecosystem but for me in these situations i think whales are whales because they're ruthless and they and they trade to make money you know these guys yeah. these guys just have their stables or whatever. They deposit, they farm it, and they're doing it at such a rate, so much quicker than everybody else, in terms of absolute value, that they yeah. you know, they I think if I was them, I would probably be doing the same. Unless I knew yeah, the I people in the in the project, unless I was friends with them or I really believed in their project, I would be dumping the same. So it was nice to see right. that you you came out and said to people, look, we're being sold on. I'm gonna sell. Because I actually saw a, a tweet no a message from someone and it made a lot of sense to me and he said all these people worrying about not getting onto uh to finding the right twitter influencers he said the majority of the time when you see a tweet about a project that's because they want someone to provide their exit liquidity they need someone yeah, to buy it so they can dump and it makes a lot of sense yeah.
1: no and i think the, the thing i like i've been on this The journey with crypto Twitter, like uh, starting out, I mean, I was in crypto long before I even started doing crypto Twitter, but starting out, it's exciting when you start uh, collecting some followers and then certain point around like 5000 followers, people are like, you feel like people are hanging on your every word. And then it really is tempting. You can see people fall into the trap every, every time. Like, once you reach a certain amount of followers, then your DMs are getting constantly hit up with projects saying, can you shill? And they will pay an absolute fortune for you to put out, say, three tweets. Like, thousands of dollars. Yeah, it's crazy. And it really is. um, But the thing I find is you can see once you have an idea of how the game works you can see straight through the people that are doing that even now because well, i mean i can see which projects are dming me and who's who's uh, actually uh, taking their money but even before that you can easily see you can see by the synchronized almost synchronized mass shilling of a certain project that is an instant red flag for me
0: on uh, crypto uh, twitter I think the most, a lot uh, of these, the most kind of, of yeah, you go, you
1: go. No, it's just instantly because uh, I know that uh, I've received messages saying to me, like, you know, we'll get you a good price. We'll make sure you're on the whitelist for the pre sale. You know, we're going to list at this certain price. And then when we list, could you put out some tweets uh, and let's make it go 10X or something like that? Yeah. When in reality, it may very well go 10x but then it's going to fall flat as a pancake but the fact is it's just the project itself is just not worth talking about so what what i'm trying to say the point i'm trying to make is i think reputation i think at a certain point people realize uh, if they're smart anyway that having some degree of reputation and having some morals that's when people start to like, uh, you know, adapt or become more mature on crypto Twitter. Because if you notice, I don't know whether you noticed this before, but very, very rarely will you see uh, a big account like Not So Fast or Crypto Dog or someone like that tweet about a project with like a sub $1 million market cap or a sub $5 million market cap. Because the minute they do, that project will 3, four, five, 10x it, in next to no time. Yeah. But the thing is, they know that if they do that, there is also a large portion of the Twitter community that will attack them for shilling it. So even if secretly they quite like this project, they refuse uh,
0: to, to tweet about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, do it becomes attached to the person. You know, if, if Crypto I, I, Dog yeah. tweeted about something that was sub 1 million, it would become Crypto Dog's project. You know, it would become yeah. his thing. The thing you said about yeah. reputation is actually really prescient, I think. Um, so I work as a moderator for three projects for Harvest Finance, 88 MPH, and DRC Digital Reserve Currency. And these three projects are from my opinion, rather coincidentally, they're all kind of interested in organic marketing, organic growth, mainly. So Harvest Finance does do have paid marketing, but it is in general much more organic, much more community-based, and it isn't really in any way in-your-face shilling, look at us, we're going to 10x. It's just based on humble facts about the product, about the protocol, and you know working with people for it. We've had offers from Harvest is is, is farm, is it? Yes, Harvest is the farm token, it's the reward token for Harvest Finance. Right. Uh,
1: okay.
0: ATMPH is the same. Uh, they are rather than paying for marketing, we've only been doing partnerships with uh with kind of artists for example, NFT artists. There's lots of great NFTs from ATMPH. Um other projects such as BoringDAO or Harvest also, you know, mutual marketing like that. And DRC is also fully organic. And the the reputation thing, I think, is when you try to build something from organic methods, growth is so much slower than if you use yeah. these other methods, such as Twitter influencers. And a really good example of that is the paid network token that was recently exploited. Uh, this, for yeah. me, is just an encapsulation of this whole conversation. They... Mm. I saw twitter influences some people who previously i thought were pretty good i sort of respected their opinion i don't really follow so many of these guys shout outs but i did look into their projects i saw paid network and for something about it i just didn't really i just didn't really like and i never got into it and it went huge and you know i still just didn't get in and then yeah obviously the i don't know if you saw the details of it they they said that the minting function of the contract had been removed in a previous audit, and obviously it had not been removed, and they minted something like $61 million worth of paid tokens and sold them on the market. The price went yeah. from about $3 at the time of the exploit to a bottom of $0.12. Cents. Now, Yeah, but now they're coming back. It's crazy. This now is, now the, this is the craziest part. So their CEO now they're coming back. That's what I'm saying. I know it's this is the most insane part. Is now I checked today the price is two dollars and fifteen cents. You know a ten x since the bottom, and all that you know that comes from what I had a look. Ivan on Tech has made a video and has been tweeting out about paid network. And I went when the exploit happened. I went on to Kyle Chase or Chassis. He's the the, the CEO, and he, yeah. I mean, I don't like to judge a book by its cover, but he just looks like a snake oil salesman. He just looks like... Yeah,
1: I mean, he, he looks he looks like he works like out of a PC room in Thailand, which... He does. No, he does work out of a PC room in me. Thailand. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he did, but I, yeah, I, I, he's based in Koh Yang or whatever. Yeah. I always joke about that, the fact that um, the location of Paid Network is... Kofanyang, Yang Thailand, like it's uh, one of the tech capitals of the world, or something
0: like that. It's he's certainly having a lot of fun, I'm sure. But like, I yeah. just and when he when the hack happened, he made a video. Right, I don't know if you've seen the video. It's about thirty seconds long, and he's talking into his camera. I, I did. All right, and yeah, it just made me feel so uncomfortable. It really made me feel very quite upset because you look through. Okay, so the video for people who don't know is he's basically saying we will get through this together. And we will, we as the paid community, we will make it right for the people who have been affected. Uh, The whole video is just so false. He's looking off camera all the time. He's definitely reading from a script. Uh, There's no real emotion, no real, you know, any kind of intent in his voice. It's just, it's just really fake and really unpleasant to watch. But the worst part is the comments below. And there's hundreds of people, you know, young people, people who have pictures of their children in the photos, you know, their bios are crypto investor, you know, making money from crypto, all these things. And they're just, thank you so much, Kyle, for your belief, Kyle, you look tired, go get some rest, The paid family yeah, will always I be here. And it it was just so many people were just in, they're just hopium, as they say, right? They're taking yeah. that good hopium, just hoping that it will come back. And, you know, It actually has come back and through the power of. Well, I think that's a good way. Yeah, that's, I think that's
1: the way of uh, filtering out people that you follow uh, in regards to cryptocurrency as well, because you can go back and search for the. I know lots of people were like mass deleting all their paid network shills. Uh, upon news of this so what's your theory then i know we can only say allegedly but it seems to me allegedly like it was an inside job um
0: do you think that that guy actually had something to do with it i think uh i completely think that it was an inside job the fact that they said during the audit that the minting function was removed by the way a minting function is a basic obvious you know, critical failure in an audit process. And the fact yeah. that it was, okay, obviously it was... Who who, ordered, who who audited? Good question. What was the company? I don't know. But I think, you know, for example, Certic. You know, Certic is a very popular auditing company. And I had, I've had i personally seen three hacks that Certic had yeah. audited. Like Certic audits mean nothing. You know, it's just a rubber stamp saying, yes, it's fine. Yeah,
1: I saw, I saw someone post a funny... Uh, gif or jif or whatever you call them but uh of uh you ever see that uh security guard outside like a uh, football slash soccer stadium <laughs> yes. uh, doing the rub down and then <laughs> uh, this is the equivalent of a certic audit where he's basically just uh not even touching them just uh, waves him them, like waves his hands over them like metal detector yeah. hands oh sort God. of thing that is hilarious that video That would that 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 you know very very few things actually make me laugh out loud. But uh, when I saw that, I I, it was hilarious. I think a lot of these auditing companies. I I don't know. I wish that someone would make a list of actual trustworthy ones because a lot of them are so sketchy that I think there have been cases before where the actual team themselves. Probably weren't involved in the rug pull or the uh, mint uh, minting a bunch of coins or whatever. I think there are auditors that go through the code. They know what they're doing, and they'll they'll say, "Oh, this looks perfectly fine." But then they'll be the one that that does the rugging.
0: They'll sell the information to a hacker who will then
1: or even just do it
0: themselves or do it themselves. Yeah, Yeah. I mean that's the thing. This is this. Hack audits in general for me have always been a very difficult thing because so the people you want to hire to look at your code really is the top hackers, you know, the people who are made for exploiting these things. These people who know how to exploit code are the ones you want to look at your code. But the problem is, right. is once well, they have that information, how do you trust them not to exploit your code? When so much money is at stake and everybody is anonymous and, you know, Tornado Cash exists, really the repercussions are pretty minimal. Um, yeah. it's, it's a very dangerous procedure, I think. But, it, you know, people so have need you, it. Ha, have you ever been rugged yourself? I have been rugged a couple times. Um, <laughs> I think it's a badge of honor in, in many ways. <laughs> uh, how... How much did you get rugged for? Luckily, not so much. What's
1: the most? What's what's the, what's the most you've been rugged for? About five six hundred dollars. Jesus, you're you're a novice. You're a
0: novice. <laughs> hey, when I started in my I, rug I, I pull think... days, I, my capital it still isn't high. I'll be honest; I'm still not a whale. <laughs> but uh, certainly, I was playing around in the in the defy summer with small money, like BSC is now, right? But back in on Ethereum, right. the OG rug pull season yeah yeah well
1: i i think my biggest rug was like 20 ethereum oh no uh, i've had a. have had uh i think i've been rugged like maybe five times on ethereum and i think i've been rugged like once on binance smart chain I, i've given up on binance smart chain now unless uh i did say i made a video that i was uh bidding farewell to binance smart chain i just think i just think that is not pushing the DeFi space forward at all. It's just a rehash of like these high APY farms that don't do anything apart from pump out insane amount of te- pointless tokens that will go to zero within like
0: days, a couple of days. Yeah, you made a. I did Whereas, watch that video, where... and I and I thought you made a very very interesting comment, which I've actually used a few times now since watching your video um about the bsc finance smart chain being a sort of training ground the training wheels before you learn to graduate to riding a bike on the ethereum yeah, well i blockchain. think that yeah i think that is the one
1: advantage of it that's what i was saying to uh, a friend of mine who recently got into cryptocurrency and uh he was playing around with yield farming on ethereum i think he was in badger and uh, he got in just before it took a bit of a tank. And uh, he was, you know, because you have to un- unstake it, then you have to withdraw it, then you have to uh, take it out of the Uniswap pool. And he was just, like complaining about how much. It's like $500 gas he worth had to pay. of gas. That would yeah, be. Yeah. No, it was like insane amount of gas. And he only had like $800 in Badger anyway. Oh, goodness. So I think that is the the. That is the way that you can just mess around basically, I won't say risk-free, but you can make transactions and get used to the process for when you're ready to move on to Ethereum, which 99.9% of the quality DeFi projects are
0: and will continue to be. Yeah, Um, one thing that, was really i don't i have really mixed opinions on this and i would like to hear yours um so binance smart chain is for quick analysis a Robston i think Robston test network ethereum test network that they manipulated into a open net network and has i think it's 22 centralized binance well, sorry decentralized servers but they are all run by Binance Corporation. Yes, it's centralised. Uh, it's a fully centralised uh, blockchain, yeah. Uh, so that's, in lots of ways, I hate it and I don't trust it. That's why That's why. That's why he calls it C-DeFi. Centralised DeFi, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one thing that did happen just recently was there was the biggest rug pull on Binance Smart Chain, which was Meerkat Finance, and they rugged yeah. $21 million. And yeah. you know, everyone was saying... Oh, it's the end of the binance smart chain but what CZ did was or whoever what they did was closed the binance bridge and apparently according to a friend of mine who's very you know very clued up on these things binance had his IP address and they had reliably had the information to track who and where he was uh so they yeah. obviously they- reached out to him and said you know you're going to prison or or worse for a long time unless you give us the money back and never before have I seen it the tweet where he said oh this was just a test to show everybody right, exactly the dangers that. of death of defy on on the blockchain like, crazy yeah um, but
1: there, that's the problem that CZ faces because I mean it was uh, interesting to see when there was uh, some questionable projects going up on Binance Smart Chain where the Theory was it might have been some Ethereum maxis messing
0: around. Oh, tanks, to... and the other, even worse one. Yeah, those two were grim.
1: Which was the other one? No, which was the first one you mentioned there?
0: Uh, tanks. Did you know that one? Tanks, as in the army uses tanks. Yeah, so uh, they made a. The full name of the token was Tanks of Tiananmen. So, you know, the Tiananmen square incident oh, right, right, in right. China yeah, yeah, yeah. within the code on, you know, on BSC scan in the coding bit, the beginning kind of section was, uh, a big story, you know, just the, what happened on that day, which is obviously, I don't know if you know, it's completely banned all information and all, you know, completely banned in China. You can't access any information about it. So it yeah. was embedded on the code, which you can see on BSC scan. Which is used by a but large was, portion of they, Chinese people. Yeah, but they never actually.
1: I mean, the former one, the S Finance, shall yes, we say, we'll leave, yes, it there, leave it there. Actually, had a that had that actually had like a fully functioning website. Whereas, as far as I know, the the tanks
0: one never actually got that far, did it? It was actually the it was a non a non website. I don't know how to say that a non-website token it was you can mint it through direct interaction with the contract and if you transferred it to another wallet then a small portion of it had a it was like a 10% chance that half of your tokens would go to another random person and there was just some kind of gamifying aspect to it where it right. where it incentivized you to hold it and to send a portion of it in order so, to, to so did, propagate did, did it is it still there? Or did it get pulled? Do you know, I don't know. Um, I know I actually was sent some of the token, uh, so I have it in my wallet. But if you, <laughs> <laughs> don't sell anyone because I live in China, so that's doubly, doubly bad. But um, I, I know you can't sell it on Pancake, which is obviously adopted by uh, Binance. So I'm sure there are some exchanges maybe that will sell it, but I don't know the price and I haven't bothered to look because I doubt it. Well, you should be careful. I mean, so some random person sent them to you?
1: Yes. No, someone I know. Yeah. Someone you know? Okay. Because, you know, they're those uh, dusting uh, attacks. It's like a malicious way of uh, they'll, they'll send you a small amount of a token just so you wonder what it is, try and sell it or something. It's a way of identifying your wallet. I can't remember exactly what they label it. I think it is but whenever dusting, I find, what they call it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I whenever I scroll through and see a, a token, I I never bought myself. Uh, yeah, just if I were to ever give any financial
0: advice, it would just be just to ignore it. Just ignore it, yeah. No, the reason it was sent to me is because we saw it, a little group of my friends, we saw it on, on CT and... They said, "You know, they know where I live, so they thought it would be funny to send me some." And I, right, <laughs> it was quite funny. I understand that. <laughs> so, I'd like to ask you on the subject of the decentralized BSC. Uh, what is your kind of opinion on the concept of decentralization in crypto? Well, I mean, Ethereum is is decentralized
1: as far as i mean there are coin there are tokens floating around that are 20 times more offensive than than anything that's ever appeared on binance smart chain and they're still floating in cyberspace so as far as i can tell ethereum has it on a on a lock i think all these pretenders coming along i like i'm i don't get all this hate for cardano i think like uh Charles Hodgkinson's uh, heart is in the right place. But I don't think he's ever going to, I don't think it's his aim to topple uh, Ethereum. I think Ethereum has a lock on the entire market. I think Avalanche, they have a good chance. All these other ones that, you know, not the C DeFi, but they are kind of decentralized. But then there was a thing with Avalanche that they had to, roll back the, the, or it missed a block or something like that, and people started freaking out. I think uh, Avalanche and those still have some teething problems, although I'm, I'm pretty sure that will do quite well.
0: What do you think of um, uh, Matic, Polygon?
1: I think that, I mean, I, I look at him, and I appreciate the fact that they are trying to do... The actual version of DeFi properly and in a way that's quicker and faster than Ethereum. But the problem is, I think I have played around with Pangolin on uh, Avalanche. But once I think a lot of people in cryptocurrency are just kind of set in their own ways, it's, I think it will take something quite monumental for any of these like Matic or avalanche or or cardano or any of them to actually i mean polka dot i don't know I'm, I'm not entirely sure how decentralized that is
0: um i just think i just think ethereum has a, a lock on the game yeah to be frank i do agree i think the l2 solutions have a good idea in the sense that they're not trying to compete with ethereum they're just trying to complement ethereum uh avalanche i don't have much avalanche i do have some pangolin uh, i also agree that pangolin is a very strong uh project you know i never ever knew there was such like this
1: turf war between zero and pangolin until i made a video on pangolin do you know i haven't even have you, have i've you? never been exposed to that turf war is it really strong oh my goodness it's like it's It's like, uh, to give you a football reference, it's like uh, Glasgow Celtic versus Glasgow Rangers. Yes. They literally are so dug in and they fire, like, fud. They're, like, dug into their trenches and then they constantly trying to fud each other's projects. They literally, uh, they're two very different camps set in their own ways. And when I made the video on Pangolin... I just got flooded with comments uh, from people who, a, were like, "Oh, thanks for making the video," and then all the zero gang came in, like saying, "Oh, pangolins rubbish, zero's ten times better," and all this kind of stuff. And then the pangolin guys come back with, "Oh, the zero contract, uh, something doesn't check out. You know, Uh I think (laughs) it could be exploited." Like this, (laughs) it's just like, "Whoa, what did I get into here?" Actually, you know. Yeah, it was like uh, there's all this uh, subculture of uh, these layer two solutions. What You know, they're all battling it out individually, Avalanche versus Matic and all those kind of guys. But within those, there are also these little sub turf wars that are just below the surface that no one's really... Uh, no one really notices unless they 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 stick their toe in, and then boom, it's
0: like a piranha. Yeah, you got like five piranhas on your toe. These uh these communities are so strong. It's it. I wonder why. I mean, obviously money's involved, right? So money brings out you know people's strongest emotions in many ways. But they are such strong communities. It's it's it is a turf war, and it's not just you know pangolin and quick swap on Matic, for example, which also you should try and take a look at. It's very good. Um, I, it's not like these things- So what do I, what,
1: is, it, is it like setting up Binance Smart Chain and Avalanche on your MetaMask? You just have to uh, follow the thing and put Matic
0: network on your MetaMask. And yeah, then so Matic use, is about as simple as Binance is uh, in terms of bridging. I find Avalanche was a bit more complex with because you had to use the Avalanche wallet. Uh, which also was a bit complex with the C-chain and the X-chain. Matic is just a direct port, a direct bridge from Ethereum to to Matic network. QuickSwap is, again, similar as Pangolin. It's just a straight-up clone of Uniswap, but it's the Matic... I I don't think it's officially endorsed, but it's the one that they recommend to us as projects to get involved with. They're also doing incentivized. It's funny
1: because... um... If you go onto avalanche's uh official YouTube, the only um exchange they talk about on their official YouTube is pangolin whereas um zero I think does a lot more volume than Pangolin, but I think uh Avalanche
0: kind of have given their tacit endorsement towards pangolin there's um in a way there's a, a an interesting so, metric to look at some of these projects that take in large amounts of funds. So Matic, the, Matic Matic have done the same thing with QuickSwap
1: essentially. Yes, they said they have they've said, they're, they're, they've, they've said uh, if out of how many other exchanges run on that on that network
0: then. Do you know? I don't I'm not even sure. I think the vast majority of the funds is quite early in Matic I think still. Um, although so, they went up uh, like 50% today but um it, so
1: speed speed wise then is it similar to binance smart chain and fee wise it's very
0: cheap as well so f- speed wise it's about as fast as binance smart chain it's not as fast as avalanche which is you know instant incredibly fast mm. um it's cheaper. i was bold i was bowled over it's so quick it's by crazy. how fast
1: how fast uh that avalanche that uh swapping coins on on uh, pangolin was i was bowled over however it, it is made, a bit more expensive it made it made finance yeah it, it definitely is i think they're still working out the kinks on that plus there are some glitches uh still like uh sometimes you have to reset your metamask log out of metamask close all the exchange down clear your cache clear your cookies
0: and then log back in Log back into MetaMask. So I had the same it, issue with the, with if trans, sometimes the first transaction on Pangolin would be stuck. So. But yeah, I actually didn't have to do any of the other steps. I only had to do the reset MetaMask from the advanced settings. That was the only thing that I needed oh, really? to do. So I don't know if that's uh, been, you know, been fixed a little no, bit since
1: I, then. No, I mean, I, I, I tried just doing the reset, but I
0: had to go through the whole oh, nightmare, the whole motion. Well, Matic is not as quick in any way. It's definitely quicker than Ethereum, but it is unbelievably cheap. I think it's $0.00001 for a transaction, which is crazy. So like a tenth of a cent? Yeah, less than that. I do think it's less than that. It's really, really wow. crazy. That's um, impressive. Yeah, super impressive. And
1: you can... And you can... So you, it's essentially like Uniswap, but it's you can buy any coin...
0: Or is it only coins that are on the Matic network? Yes, it's, it's the same as in the way same way that Pangolin uh, only supports coins that are pooled on Pangolin. Quickswap only supports right. coins that are pooled on Quickswap. Um, currently, they they they're growing. They just but, ported no, but over. But they have Ethereum. But they have Ethereum as a base currency, though, right? They have Ethereum, and they also have Matic, and they also have lots of incentivized Quick pools as well. So there's you know right. you for example Harvest we ported over to Matic um, and our our reward token, the interest bearing variant of farm called iFarm that is now pulled on Matic and, but there's a Matic iFarm pool and a quick iFarm pool. These ones are incentivized right. like with liquidity mining with quick. Mm. Um, but there are link and Ethereum pools. There are link, there are, you know, USDC and Ethereum, USDC and Matic. There's a bunch of pools on there. But
1: The thing is, the thing is, I, th- I think, um, uh, no matter how much they they try I don't think they're gonna make a dent in Uniswap or sushi swap to be quite frank. I agree with you. Um, even one inch, I mean one inch runs on Ethereum, they they've been throwing one inch airdrops at everyone, but people barely even touch one inch.
0: And that's a decent dex as well. So. It's decent, yeah. I think that one inch will port. Um, and I hope they do. I, I heard they were going to Binance Smart Chain, but uh, I do hope they, they go somewhere else because I don't think there's space for them on Ethereum. Um, yeah. One thing about Sushi that does worry me. I don't know if you're kind of aware now that Sushi and Yearn are all part of the same ecosystem. So the the, the <laughs> thing that these guys do is they have uh, these projects do is they have a big on the surface community governance, right? Decentralized governance where it's snapshot proposals or similar and, holders of the token can vote in order to push things into being and the last few times i mean for example sushi just recently they posted a vote they posted a uh, governance poll about the vested sushi rewards being given to selected contract addresses only and the community basically voted against it and in implementation it flipped and they did what they want so uh, Yearn is similar, but also in, 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 in my way, in my opinion, more insidious because the top holders of Yearn, they have so much voting power that it is essentially yeah. just a whales club and they choose what happens. Yeah. But it's, you absolutely know, it's supposed to be decentralized. It's supposed to be community governance. But these things I don't actually yeah. think work in any way intended.
1: No, I agree with you totally on uh, Yearn. It is the definition of a Wales club. Uh, if the Wales don't want something to happen, is a is an happening. They 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 have a log on
0: what happens with with Yern for sure. Yeah, yearn's going to be an interesting narrative this this bull run, I think, because it just people still back it so much, and I don't know after that horrendous website update. That was the worst website update I have ever seen. Back in were you talking about Yuan dot Finance? <laughs> yes, the one in January was that was that you know they did a re- big rebrand and they made a new website and the new design was just so grim. I don't know if you saw it. Have they changed it since? It was like January, maybe maybe February. I'm not not too sure.
1: I I haven't been, but yeah, I'm lo- looking at it now and. In- they've definitely
0: changed it a lot. I mean, it used to be pretty bad anyway. (laughs) Yes, no, it (laughs) was bad. And then it got worse, but they had like spent millions on it. Apparently I remember they, everyone was very excited and it was all this, you know, hype buying and then it dropped and we were like, Oh my goodness. What, what have they done? I'm trying to pull it up now to see. Um, Well, the thing
1: is, uh, I mean, a lot of the things that like, I, I honestly believe Uh, André Cronier is uh, a flat-out genius, but I also think he is kind of irresponsible in the way he acts as well. Like I don't think he's uh, necessarily uh, a saint, shall we say. Uh, But I think, uh, I mean, the thing that they've yearned, have kind of uh, teamed up with some rather questionable... People in the past, and there've been all the exploits, pickles being done over loads of times. Cream, yeah, cream, and he he keeps calling it the iron bank every time he tweets about it. It's <laughs> the least iron bank <laughs> I've ever ever seen in my life. Like I literally would not
0: touch cream with uh with a ten foot pole. No, nor I. Um, there was uh, an opportunity. Uh, for some kind of potential cooperation. And plus the cover, is it cover, the insurance thing that had a l- bunch
1: of problems as well? Yeah, isn't that hilarious? When The, I, the insurance protocol got hacked. <laughs> like, right, exactly. Because I, I I had a fairly substantial amount of money in a project, a uh, fairly big one, I won't name it, but this was after the, the hack and after they said they got all their stuff sorted out. But I literally couldn't get cover for they said our oh, our cover has reached capacity. I mean, what kind of insurance uh company reaches capacity?
0: It just didn't make any sense to me. So I was just like, no. There's um there's a very good new insurance protocol coming out that uh both a few projects I'm with are beginning to cooperate with. It's called Unslashed Finance and it's a very nice uh very nice website and they just sort of launched yeah, quite I, recently.
1: I, I went on there. I commented in one of my live streams that I went in there, and I went in the Telegram because when you go to the website, it says you need a, a code to get in to the app. So I went into the Telegram group, and I um, replied to one of the admins. And I was like, hey, can I get a reference uh, code so I can get in your app to have a look around? and then i got bombarded with like 10 dms from like uh random people with codes and i was like oh my god this is like super sketchy i was like <laughs> cuz i don't know what co- what me putting the code in is going to do and if i connect my metamask to it so i mean did you did you do it in what's, the end what's, i went on to i put my metamask onto an address that i literally have never used and uh went in.
0: Okay, so I'm going uh, to send I you my code now. <laughs> and basically what happens is uh, the code- So
1: d- how does it work? Is it, is it is the code like a referral link or something?
0: Essentially, yes. Because uh, people, would... you, you, people- You give would... the code and you connect your wallet. And when you want to supply capital for insurance purposes, which you get rewarded for in terms of APY and I think also in the governance token, whatever you supply, has a bearing on how much your referrer gets rewarded for the referral.
1: I see. Because, yeah, I noticed that it must have been incentivized some, some way because <laughs> for a good hour I was getting bombarded <laughs> with all
0: these random Telegram people hitting me up. Did they know you were Crypto Frog, um, or did they think you were someone else?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think I've got CF202 and I think I have my same profile picture as Twitter okay so yeah I'm like, not surprised uh, at all <laughs> but yeah so oh it's incentivized then yes it is incentivized. but there's no there, all it is is basically
0: a code to let you in but why do they even need a code is it just to I mean I think it's a marketing it's, thing I think I think in many ways uh referral codes are just a marketing thing they say it's to keep things you know uh contained for the opening stages and to give special access to people that you know care about the ecosystem or whatever but I think it's just a marketing thing, whereby if you give it to someone and they deposit lots of money, you get extra rewards. So it incentivizes you to go out there and tell people to join the the platform. Right. In general, I think referral codes tend to, tend to I'll, function I'll take, like that. I'll,
1: yeah, I'll take another look at it then. Maybe yeah. uh, after this conversation, you can send me your code, and I'll uh, I'll have a look. I will do so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think I think. Uh, my uh junior junior frogs are going to come through the door any minute now so
0: perhaps we'll have to wrap it up yeah let's do that um well i would love to have you on next time to have a real good conversation about nfts because i know that you're super deep in that scene and i didn't want to i didn't want to limit ourselves but for next time okay
1: yeah yeah sounds good okay
0: well thank let's you very it. much mr frog and i hope you enjoy the rest yep. of your weekend you too Thank you. Bye-bye.